Have you ever had a situation happen in your life that you weren't expecting, good or bad, and said to yourself or out loud, oh my gosh, I just fill in the blank, now what? Me too, friend, me too. I've had quite a few actually, and in the moment, I never knew what I was gonna do next. Of course, I had to figure it out, sometimes the hard way, but I did figure it out. So join me and some amazing guests this season as we all share our own, I just blank, now what stories, so we can all learn from their transformational lessons to help us all answer that lifelong and often paralyzing question, now what? Hey friend, did you just think to yourself, I just love this podcast, now what? Well, I hope you do, and if you did, I got the answer. Become a patron and support the show. For just a $5 financial gift a month, you can access episodes early and without ads. Plus, you'll be entered to win our monthly Patreon giveaway, like books and courses from our guests and some fun merch. For just a $10 a month contribution, you'll become an all-access patron and also get bonus exclusive content from me and some of our guests. Behind the scenes, Q&A, bonus questions, all of it. So head over to patreon.com backslash I just blank now what? Or click on the link in the show notes and become a patron today. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the show. Jessica Stevens here. How's everyone doing? Did you miss me? I know I missed you. I am so excited to be in studio today, recording finally, and brand new episode for everybody. I missed you all last month. I was hit with the COVID finally, and I literally just could not muster up the energy or the breath really to record a full length episode last month. So I'm excited to be back. And now we've changed up the schedule a little bit. So instead of having me on the first Wednesday every month, you are having me on the last Wednesday of every month. So today is August 31st. And it's a special day in my world because today is my parents' anniversary. And today they are celebrating 48 years together. I am just so in awe of my parents and their relationship. And one day I will actually maybe invite my mom onto the show. And she will share her story about how she and my dad met. Um, Spoiler alert, they've been together since they were like 13 and 14 years old. And um, they live next door to each other. They were the boy and girl next door. (laughs) How cute is that? So um, maybe one day Mommy Chang will make an appearance on the podcast. We'll see. Today on the show, I am going to be sharing I Just Can't Sleep Now What episode because last month in July, I think I slept more that month than I had in years. <laughs> and I was just so exhausted, so tired because that was my biggest symptom from having COVID. And I just kind of felt like I had never been that tired other than when I was recovering from surgery. So several years ago, I had open abdominal surgery and obviously I was put under, so, you know, with anesthetics. And following that surgery, I was super tired too because you have so much anesthetics in your body 
that you're kind of like trying to get through. And so you're really, really sleepy. And all of your energy is literally going in towards healing your body from the trauma that I just went through for surgery. But the other time that I remember being this level of tired was when I was a late teen, early 20s, and I suffered from insomnia. And if you have ever had insomnia, you know how exhausting it is to want to sleep, but not being able to. And so today on the show, I am going to share the I just can't sleep now what story and talk to you about some of the tips and things that I've learned over the years on how to get really good quality sleep. Now, obviously outside of me (laughs) recovering from COVID, I love sleep and I sleep really, really well. And I have a really amazing actually nighttime routine that I'm actually much more consistent with than my morning routine, to be completely honest. And I attribute so much of this to me getting really good quality sleep. So that's what I'm gonna be sharing with you today. I'm super excited for that. Before that though, I wanna send a massive big shout out to all of our brand new patrons of the podcast. So in July, as we started season three, you know that we opened up our Patreon section for the podcast, and that is where all of our patrons who are supporting the show get to go and hang out and listen to episodes early. They get them without ads. There's some bonus content over there. There's some behind the scenes things. We have some nice little gifts for people from our guests. So I just wanna welcome and thank all of our patrons who joined us in July and August. So appreciate all of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you're interested in becoming a patron of the show, Head over to patreon.com backslash I just blank now what or use that link in the show notes and head over there and sign up. Join us, become a patron, and you will be treated like royalty. Not that I don't love all of my listeners. I do every single one of you. I'm so appreciative of and grateful because without you, there would be no show. But I'm just super extra grateful for all of our amazing new patrons. So thank you. And the other thing is today is the release of my brand new newsletter, which I'm really excited about too. So if you want to hear more about my life, things that I love in the written form, head over to my website, jessicastevens.ca and sign up for my monthly newsletter. Lots of fun updates, podcast things, what's coming you want to hear about what episodes are going to be coming out in the next future month, uh, you definitely want to sign up for that newsletter because I give a little sneak peek as to future episodes. Um, Okay, so without further ado, let's jump into this episode and I'm going to talk to you all about the sleep. So I was texting with my mom and I was asking her a whole bunch of questions about me as a baby. And apparently I have loved sleep from the day I was born. (laughs) She said that I was a really, really good sleeper from very, very early on. She's like, we came home from the hospital at like midday and you slept for like four hours and then we got into a nice little rhythm after that. And I was sleeping through the night fairly early on as an infant. So you're welcome, mom. I love you. That was my gift to you. And that pretty much continues. I napped well. I was a good sleeper. 
And therefore I was, she said, I was a really pleasant baby. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that A, I was a really good eater and B, I was a good sleeper. So when we're little, those are really the only thing, two things that we need in life. We need nothing else. We need food and we need sleep and we will be happy and content. So she said, I did those two things really, really well. And that just kind of carried through as I was growing up. But as I started to reach high school and through university and then through, you know, the early years of my career, so I'd say probably from about maybe like 17, maybe 18, all the way to about maybe 24, 25, I was not a good sleeper. I had a lot of trouble sleeping because I was suffering from insomnia on a fairly regular basis. And I know that's, you know, not being able to sleep through the night every now and then is pretty normal for most adults, right? Like a sleepless night or maybe you didn't get good quality sleep, you tossed and turned a little bit. But for me, I was actually having like multiple nights a month and sometimes, you know, multiple nights in a week where... I just could not sleep, like total insomnia. I might've been getting a couple of hours, but other than that, I was like wide awake and the brain just went shut off. And obviously super exhausted and super tired doesn't help you reduce your stress to be able to sleep more. So it was a really stressful time in my life, I suppose. Um, I guess being a student, and like the pressures of school and exams. And then, you know, as I mentioned in a previous podcast, I was an athlete in school. And so I was on the rowing team as well as a dancer. And so during my season in which I was rowing and dancing, I would go to bed really early and wake up at 4 a.m. to train on the river for rowing. And then I would be dancing in the evening. So I think during the semester in which I was dancing and rowing, and I wasn't getting a lot of sleep, I was okay because I think it was more sleep than I was getting other times of the year, to be honest, because my body was physically exhausted, which kind of helps me sleep a little bit better. But when I was not rowing during the winter, spring, summer months of school, and during the last couple of years of university where I wasn't rowing on the team anymore, I would get crazy bouts of insomnia, whether that was because I was stressed out or I was up late cramming for papers or exams or tests or whatever it was, I got into a really bad nighttime routine and it definitely didn't support or help my need for good sleep. So I had to really unlearn how to, or actually I guess unlearn isn't the right term, I really had to figure out how to create new healthy habits as it related to my sleep so that I could get through this. And here I'm going to be sharing with you a bunch of things that I learned along the way that have helped me immensely as it relates to getting really good quality sleep. So the other day I heard a quote from somebody and you know me, I'm horrible at attributing quotes to other people because I read so much and I listen to so many books And I really honestly don't remember who said this, but the quote was something along the lines of a good night's sleep starts when you wake up (laughs) or, you know, a good night's sleep starts in the day. And that is so true. So how you wake up 
and what you do during the day is essentially going to be the number one contributing factor to how well you sleep at night. Here's something that I did when I really needed to get this sleep thing under control because literally I was exhausted all the time and I wasn't functioning very well in my life. And so the first thing that I remember about this time was I was drinking coffee. <laughs> Any other coffee drinkers out there? Yes, so I was a pretty heavy coffee drinker. My dad loves coffee, like loves, loves coffee. He will drink multiple cups of coffee a day. I did not do that. I was more of a one, maybe two cup of coffee a day girl back then during university and in my early 20s when I started working. But yeah, it was part of my routine because my dad loved coffee and I, my dad and I would commute to work together in the morning. We worked in the same office for many years. And so it just became part of my routine too. And I remember doing a cleanse for I think it was a month, maybe it was maybe a little bit more than a month. And one of the things that I needed to eliminate during this cleanse was coffee, which I did, no problems. I actually was able to cut the coffee out without any major withdrawals. So no headaches or anything like that. And at the end of the cleanse, I decided to continue to not drink coffee because, not because of the coffee part, because I had no problem with that, I really enjoyed having a cup of coffee. It's because I used to drink my coffee with milk and sugar. And I just didn't want that extra spoon of sugar in my diet anymore every day unnecessarily. So I decided, you know what? Let me just stay off the coffee. And I actually have not had coffee since that cleanse back when I was about 20 four or 25 years old. So we're talking a long time since I haven't had coffee. Actually, that's not true. I did have one cup of coffee once since then. I went out for brunch with a friend and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I do want a cup of coffee today. And I literally took three or four sips of that coffee and I thought I was gonna die. I was violently ill. I was uh, nauseated. Like my heart was like gonna be pounding out of my chest. And I remember like calling my mom. I'm like, oh my God, I think I'm gonna die. I'm thinking I'm dying. And that's when she's like, you're probably allergic to caffeine, Jessica. So that was the only other time that I actually had a cup of coffee since that cleanse. And let me tell you, the quality of my life since giving up coffee has been tremendous. I never want to feel like I did that day when I had that half a cup of coffee at breakfast ever again. So it is something that I avoid and I do not have and I have zero desire to have. And if you are a coffee drinker out there and you're listening to this show and you're like, hells to the no, Jessica, there is no way that I can walk away or give up coffee. I want to say, yes, you can. <laughs> if the desire for you to feel better and function and not be exhausted all the time is something that you would like. As counterintuitive as it is to give up the stimulus of coffee that helps you stay awake and gives you energy and alertness is, let me tell you my friends, it is the ticket right there. I promise you, if you limit or reduce your coffee intake, the quality of your sleep is going to improve immensely. So I wanna invite you to give it a go. If you are a multiple cup of coffee person, cut it back to one, right? Or cut it in half. Like if you're a four cup a day, go to two. 
And if you're two cups a day, go to one. And if you're a one cup a day, drink half. And slowly pull yourself off that coffee and give yourself a solid 30 or 60 days without the coffee. And I promise you at the end of it, you will feel so much better. And there's other forms of caffeine that you can drink and have that doesn't have the same impact on your body that coffee does. So the thing with coffee is that it's highly acidic and that actually impacts your entire digestive system. You know, it's a diuretic and so it dries you out. So really the caffeine part of coffee, not so bad, but the rest of it is probably having a bigger impact on your body than you realize. So there's green tea, there's ginseng, there's vitamin B12, there's guarana, there's all sorts of other beverages or foods out there that have a natural source of caffeine that's gonna be a little bit easier and healthier for you to consume than coffee. So maybe you just wanna swap something in to replace that cup of coffee. And if it's drinking a warm beverage in the morning as a habit for you, more so than the actual coffee, well, that one's easy. Swap it out for a tea. Swap it out for lemon water. Warm lemon water in the morning is so good for you. It has multiple benefits on your digestion, on your sinuses, on your overall health. And that can replace that hot beverage for yourself in the morning if you are accustomed to doing that. So that is the first thing that I highly recommend if you can't sleep is to cut out your coffee consumption (laughs) and see how that goes. Because even if you stop drinking coffee before noon every day and you think that that is enough time for it to work through your system and be able to have a good night's sleep, maybe not. Give it a try. See what it feels like to not drink the coffee. And keep a little journal and a diary on the days that you do drink coffee, the days you don't, and see how your body feels. But I'm gonna wager a guess here that if you cut out the coffee, the quality of your sleep is going to improve dramatically. So that's one thing. The second thing is, even though my mind was tired after a long day, my body may not have been necessarily tired enough to help me get to sleep. And some form of movement really needed to happen. So I think those years when I was dancing and rowing, The reason I was able to sleep so well, even though I wasn't sleeping a lot, is because I was so physically active. So getting in some body movement during the day, really important. And personally me, I think some of the reasons why I was maybe having trouble sleeping when I was dancing was because we would have late night rehearsals. And so my body was still like supercharged in the evenings and it would take a long time to wind down. So as early in the day that you can get that workout in or your body movement in, the better. Because for some of us, the stimulus of movement is still with us for hours after we've finished and it could be impacting your sleep too. So just kinda, if you're somebody who likes to go to the gym after work or later in the evening, that's like your workout time. And if you're having trouble sleeping, maybe you wanna see if you can shift that workout a little bit earlier in the day and have a longer window of rest between that workout and when you're actually trying to sleep. 
So that is another thing that I would re recommend. A, moving your body every day in some capacity, but doing it earlier in the day to help reduce how much stimulation is going on. Same thing that kind of ties into that is food. So one thing that I definitely remember being guilty of is eating really late while in university. Or when I was working and working crazy hours, I would also be eating really late, having big dinners much later in the evening than really your body likes. So I know thinking back to that time of my life, it's, you know, eating and eating heavy foods late really wasn't serving serving me well. Your body needs at least three hours of digestion time between eating and sleeping. So if you need to get to bed at a certain time, you might want to start cutting off your food earlier. The other night, we ended up having a later dinner than normal just because of flights and this and that and the other. And I noticed that night, it took me a lot longer to fall asleep just because we had dinner, you know, a couple of hours later than we normally do. So that's another thing. My other tip is to look how late your last meal of the day is and see if you can move it up in the timetable by an hour or even two hours and then decide that you're not eating anything else after. So this is kind of uh, something that a lot of people who do intermittent fasting work through is because they only have a set window of time in the day in order to eat all of their meals and then they fast for the rest of the time. And so you know, maybe give intermittent fasting a little bit of a try and see what your right window is so you can start your fast earlier in the evening before you go to bed. So that is when you eat has an impact on your food. Not on your food, on your sleep. But what you eat also has a big impact on your sleep. So we talked about coffee already. That is a big stimulus. So let's talk about some other foods that may be impacting your sleep without you even realizing it. So number one, which I'm hoping is pretty obvious to most of you, is sugar. <laughs> sugar, yes, okay. So picture that small child who literally has been given a cupcake or an ice cream or some other high sugar food. What's happening to that, that small child? They are literally bouncing off the walls. They're jumping off the couch. They're running around because they now have been given this energy source in the form of food that they are now burning off. So while we as adults may not be jumping off the sofa pretending to be a superhero, I guarantee you the foods that you're eating are causing you to do a version of that and it's probably mostly happening in your brain and your mind but yeah sugar <laughs> I notice that the days in which my sugar intake gets higher the quality of my sleep decreases immensely so let's say you're out having a lovely dinner and the dessert menu or the waitress comes with the dessert menu yeah, if you're somebody who loves to indulge your sweet tooth later in the day, I'm going to say you're probably having some, some sleep issues because of that. Along with that cup of coffee, potentially, that you're having after dinner. So, yeah, coffee and dessert go hand in hand and dessert full of sugar. 
So maybe, just maybe, a suggestion that I'd love to offer with also reducing your caffeine intake is reducing your sugar intake. Because this is something that is working through your body and needs to be burned off. And if you're not physically active enough to burn this sugar, your brain is going to be the muscle that is going to continue to work to burn off that sugar. And that is definitely something that I know impacted me for those years that I was having insomnia. Not only was I eating at bad times of the day, right? Snacking, up late, studying, writing a paper, drinking the coffee and eating food late. It was the quality of food that I was eating too. So think about if you are hungry later in the day and you really do need to eat something, please don't grab processed food. <laughs> please don't grab sugar. Have something whole. I'll have something wholesome. And I even also include fruits in this category of sugar. Even though it's a natural f- source of sugar, there's still a significant amount of sugar in fruit. And so having some protein later on in the evening, if you are hungry, is way better than having fruit, right? So instead of having an apple or a handful of grapes, maybe grab like a handful of almonds or some other nuts or something that will curb your hunger without the spike of sugar. So that's something else. What else are you eating during the day that your body is having a really hard time digesting and therefore is causing things like acid reflux or indigestion or other things with your digestive system that's causing you not to sleep well like being bloated and gassy trust me it's equally as uncomfortable when you're up in the middle of the day um, moving around going about your life but it's also really uncomfortable if you're trying to rest and get sleep but you're having pain in your abdomen because you're bloated it's definitely not going to be helping the sleep situation So look at your diet, look at what you're eating, look at the foods that may not be contributing to a good restful night of sleep, not just the sugar, but just all things like, you know, if you know that you might have a slight intolerance dairy, well, having a piece of cheese later on in the day, definitely not going to be helping. So this is going to be unique to everybody, as is most all things that we talk about, right? There isn't one set menu or diet or checklist for all humans this is really custom to you but I just want to invite you to start taking inventory of what are you eating when are you eating it how is your body feeling you know do you get more tired physically after eating certain foods maybe it's because your body is putting all of its energy into digesting and therefore it's not able to do other things that you need it to do and Therefore, it's impacting your sleep. So what you eat and when you eat it, also super important. Okay, final couple things here. So here are a few more tips. Nighttime routine. Do you have one? And what does it look like? I have a pretty solid nighttime routine. I'd actually like to say that it is even better than my morning routine because it's it's my favorite time of night to have a shower. I am... I am a person who loves to have a shower at the end of the day before getting into my bed. I do not know if this is a cultural thing or not, but I cannot get into my bed if I have not had a shower. It just feels weird to me, (laughs) especially in the summertime. Yeah, 
need to have a shower. And it's and something I love to do is just like washing the day off of me. And I stand there under the hot water of the shower and let my thoughts go. And I release any tension that I'm holding on to or things. Because when I was suffering from insomnia, the reason I was not able to sleep was because my mind was still racing. So when I stand in the shower, I now actively go through this release process of thinking the thought and then releasing it and letting it go to help me not hold on to it and continue to stress or worry or overthink about this thing. I think it and then I let it go and it literally just washes down the drain um, as I stand under that hot, hot water in the shower. After I get out of the shower, I have a pretty intensive, not, maybe not intensive, but enjoyable nighttime routine where, you know, I do my face lotion and I put on my serum and I my eye cream and my night cream and all of those things. And I just self-care. I care for myself at night before going to bed. I want you guys to think about when you were little or maybe if you have kids, the bedtime routine after, you know, bath time and bedtime is pretty sacred. And we need to do that as adults too. So putting on the pajamas and combing the hair and then reading the book. And then those are all things that we had as small children to help us get ready for bed. And we as adults really need to do a similar routine. Maybe somebody else isn't reading us that nighttime story but reading a book or taking your eyes away from a screen and allowing you just to kind of go through these things as a ritual, it's cueing your body up to say, okay, it's time for sleep. So as much as you can create a really standard routine for yourself, at night, equally as important as a morning routine. So me, it's shower, face care routine, brush my hair, put on really cute, comfy, warm pajamas in the wintertime or cool pajamas in the summer. And here's another thing about my nighttime routine. I cannot get into an unmade bed and sleep. My bed needs to be made <laughs> before I can get into it and sleep. And so even if my bed was not made from the morning, I will make my bed, pillows and all, in the evening before going to bed, even though I'm just going to be pulling the comforter and the sheets back and climbing in. I need that, that action of getting into a neat and tidy and made bed is huge. So if you're somebody who does not make your bed every single day, I highly recommend it. <laughs> it's a really good practice. I know that I feel so much better when I do make my bed in the morning. But if for some reason your bed is not made in the morning and you come back to it before you sleep, please make your bed. Please, you know, even out the sheets, smooth it out, adjust all the pillows so that when you get into the bed, it just envelops you and gives you a nice hug. And I promise you it will definitely help you fall asleep better and sleep better. Nothing's worse than crumpled sheets. And then, you know, turn on a meditation. Listen to something that's soothing and calming that'll help drift you off to sleep, whether you want that to be a guided meditation or just some, you know, tranquil music. There's so many apps, there's so many YouTube videos out there to pick from. 
I personally, when I was first struggling with insomnia, listening to words helped because by listening to other words, I was no longer creating the words in my mind and creating a dialogue in my head and having a conversation. So I started listening to guided meditations specifically for sleeping and it was very soothing and calming and it just really helped me turn off the dialogue and just listen to this other person speak and eventually it did help me fall asleep. If words, any words at all for you is like a no-go, well then obviously go with something that doesn't have any dialogue, but still calming, soothing music may help. I personally love the guided meditation with the words because they say that whatever we're listening to at nighttime before we sleep, our brain is continuing to work on throughout the night. And yeah, this makes sense to me because that was the problem with me and my insomnia was I was literally working through problems at night. I was thinking all the things. I was going over what happened that day. I was going over what was going to happen the next day. If, you know, oh, did I remember to do this? Do I, oh, I have, I need to remember to do that. So my brain was still trying to problem solve when it should have been sleeping because that's how the brain works. And so just turning off the thinking about the stresses and the days and all the things and having my brain just listen to this other voice say these things affirming or telling me about good stuff or happy things distracted me from the thoughts that I was trying to create myself. So that is something I also recommend is meditate. And if you can't meditate by yourself, definitely get the help of something, a video, an audio, an app, something to help you do it. And it doesn't need to be long, even if you do it for like five minutes. That's often enough to get your brain kind of vibing at a different level so that it can slowly turn off and get yourself into some good quality REM sleep. So yeah, I think these things definitely, well, I know these things definitely helps me. Stop drinking the coffee, reducing how much sugar I had, moving my body earlier in the day, eating earlier in the day, looking at what I was eating, and creating a nice nighttime routine for myself that literally was cues for my body and my muscles to be like, oh, it's sleep time now. She's doing this thing. Let me get ready for, you know, sleep definitely helps. And I'm not saying I have perfect sleep every night. You know, there's still the odd night here or there that maybe I toss and turn a little bit or I'm uncomfortable, can't get into a good position. But for the most part, I sleep like the dead. (laughs) My husband marvels all the time. He's like, I envy your ability to get into the bed, put your head on the pillow, and you're out. And this is something that's taken a lot of work for me to get to, But I cherish this nighttime routine more than anything because, as I said at the beginning of this episode, I love sleep and I want my sleep to be really good. And when I am well-rested, I'm a good baby. (laughs) My mom said so when I was little and I'm pretty sure I'm a good human when I have gotten a really good quality sleep as an adult. So there you go, my friends. Those are my suggestions for improving your sleep if you do not have good restful deep quality six to eight hours a night 
really it should be like seven to eight, but you know, for some people, six is the maximum that they can do. That's what I suggest. And me and sleep are really good friends. And I have never wanted to sleep more than I did last month when I was recovering from COVID because I was just exhausted all the time, all day long. The sun would be like high in the sky because it's summertime right now. And I'll be like, "Mm, going to bed, see you tomorrow. And uh, for about four or five days in a row when I was recovering, I went to bed like super early and I slept 12 to 14 hours until the next day because it's what I needed. And they also say that to, you know, catch up on sleep, which I know is kind of impossible, but there is some truth to it, is every night of sleep that you don't sleep well, you need about three nights of good, consistent sleep to get back on track. So if you are not sleeping well night after night, four or five nights in a row, that's a solid, you know, three weeks of sleep that you need to be getting good, good sleep to make up for those four or five, six nights that you weren't getting good sleep. Yeah. So think about that. And when you're drinking the cup of coffee or you're eating that donut or having that cookie or whatever you're doing in your daily routine that you know is going to probably have an impact on your sleep, you can just decide. Do I want to drink the coffee or would I really like to get some good quality sleep tonight? Your choice. Okay, so that's it for me. Hopefully that was helpful. Tag me at jess.loves.life and let me know if this episode resonated with you, if you found it helpful. If you are a good sleeper or a bad sleeper, come hang out with me on Instagram at jess.loves.life. Would love to hear from you. And if you know somebody who is not a good sleeper or is struggling with sleep, send them this episode. It could just help them figure out their own new routine to help them get better, well-rested sleep. All right, that's it. And don't forget to like, share, subscribe, all the things appreciate every single one of you and we will see you here next week for another episode of i just blank now what thank you so much for listening i appreciate it more than i can say did you love this episode of i just blank now what if you did be sure to subscribe on your fave podcast platform and if you're on apple Podcasts, please leave a review i do love reading them And if you know somebody who's experiencing this story or something similar, please share this episode with them. It just might help them figure out the answers to their own now what questions. Have you recently had a now what moment and aren't sure what to do? Reach out to me at jessicastevens.ca and submit your story and I'll help you figure out what to do, how to move forward and help you answer now what. See you on the next episode.